I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author, co-founder of Magnificent Noise, and NPR veteran, Eric Newsom. His new book is Make Noise, A Creator's Guide to Podcasting and Great Audio Storytelling. Americans love podcasts. In fact, almost half regularly tune in to the more than 750,000 shows currently available, and podcast production is booming. About 2,000 new podcasts are created every week. That's one every five minutes. But despite all this interest from audiences and creators, there's very little advice out there on how to start, and even less to help would-be podcasters harness their distinct voices and storytelling potential. Eric Newsom changes that, offering a book that takes a deep yet accessible dive into what works and why, identifying core principles to help guide readers throughout the creative process. He brought programs like Fresh Air with Terry Gross, Snap Judgment, and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me into the podcasting ecosystem and helped them become iconic hits during his 10 years at NPR. Welcome to the show, Eric. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, well, 750,000 podcasts. Uh, my first question, I guess, is, is, is there, how, who's listening to 750,000 podcasts? Do they all have audiences? Well, probably not. Um, <laughs> a number of them uh, don't find audiences. Some don't find audiences for very good and obvious reasons. Uh, some don't find audiences because they don't know where how to connect to people. And uh, some find old audiences because they don't really have a clear sense of who they are. You know, a number of them do find audiences. And, you know, it's we measure audience very differently in the digital sphere than you do in the broadcast sphere, where you are trying to be on the air in a local market and have a meaningful relationship in that community. In the podcasting space, just like that radio space, um, that community becomes virtual. It's people who are interested in a certain perspective, view of the world, subject matter, and therefore your podcast about medical office design or, or, or house plans or whatever you're interested in, you are able to uh, uh, connect people throughout the world who are in that interest with you, and they become your audience. But what about, I'm really interested in, in, you know, sort of like podcasting. Everybody's getting into podcasting. Is that versus radio? That's the next step from radio. Or what is the real difference between a podcast and, and radio, broadcasting on the radio? You know, I, I don't subscribe to the belief that podcasting is going to replace radio. Never, even in my most excited moments of, uh, um, support and enthusiasm podcasting if this is going to radio. I think there will always be a place for live radio where in a local community nationally, it's just a way to kind of bring people together and to people with a sense of immediacy and, and being a moment that is, is not possible when something is on demand. Uh, for example, if you're having a call in radio, we have, no one's ever quite figured how you can do that um, in an on-demand world where people are listening all over the place for times. And there will always be a role for video. It will change. Because what podcasting is doing is allowing people to find a program that they want to listen to when they want to listen to it. 
It's not like like a Netflix or an Amazon Prime Video, or you are interested in a show, go there, you click on it, and you listen to it when you want to, as opposed to when it's being cast. I think that really, that distinction really makes this uh, podcasting. And she combines that with the ability to create a community of like-minded people around the subject. But, Excuse what, me. I, um, yeah. The subject is that you are able to um, uh, find a need for podcasting that you can't make. So they, there's, there's areas where pod, podcasting is very different than radio. Very, sometimes it's very similar. Sometimes shows can be both radio and podcast and do well. Um, uh, it, it's, there's always going to be a place for them. There's a, okay, so there's always going to be a place for both. That's good to hear, radio and podcast. But I, if someone wants to do a podcast, and I know that's what your book is here, that's the guide for to help us to do a podcast, but are there some people who maybe they are interested in a topic, they have a lot of information, they're well-prepared, but they're not really someone who should be do, telling audio stories, as you say. They, they don't have the ability to be a good storyteller on the air. Uh, what kind of advice do you have for them? Or yeah, I think that I think that the um, uh, you know I, I, I do subscribe to the idea that there are no bad stories, just storytellers, and um, learning how to tell a story was a skill. It's a, like any other skill; it can be learned or learn to do better. Um, my book touches a little bit on that. I do think that the most important thing that a potential podcaster who's thinking about um, coming into this is, you know, uh, to be a good storyteller is one thing, but having a really clear idea of what a podcast is, a clear idea of its identity and personality, um, and, and understanding what its message is, what is it trying to convey to people. It's not just about something, it's a, something with a Perspective. It's about something with an opinion or a view, point of view. And uh, also, you figure out who are you speaking to in the podcast world. You need to speak like, just saying, I'm just going to put it out there and it's for everyone. Well, if in the podcasting, if you're creating something for everyone, it's no one. It has to have a very clear sense of what it's trying to be to. Um, for example, if you are trying to create a podcast about beekeeping and you uh, are trying to speak to uh, experienced beekeepers who've been in the higher or professionally for years, that's a very different conversation than if you're trying to talk to people who are just trying to learn. Um, and uh, you have to pay which one you're going to serve because in podcasting, you don't really see a lot of people with success trying all things to all, all beekeepers. And um, so really understanding what your message is and who you're speaking to, I think, are the most fundamental questions you need to ask. Okay. Well, you've been, obviously, you're involved in a lot of podcasts and some of the most, uh, the ones that the most popular podcasts. And um, are there, tell us about the ones that you, that have succeeded and the ones that have failed and Why? I was kind of going back to the last point about clarity and focus. The ones that succeed have a very clear idea of what they are and uh, can, can express that in a way that 
people understand and people hear in every moment of their episodes. Um, they understand the point of view, perspective, understand the tone. They understand the, the approach to subject matter, like you know, the conversations they're having, whatever. And so that's a really common element. I think the ones that fail are the ones who don't take time to figure that out. And um, uh, I, I think that the other side of that is really understanding expectations. I think some bull people, there was an article in the New York Times a month or two ago by a young who had started up a podcast talking to a friend about marketing, digital marketing. And a couple of months later, she abandoned because she hadn't sponsored you. What were your expectations for this? You're expecting you were just because you made a podcast, we're all of a sudden going to have sponsors knocking at your door. Uh, people do want to sponsor podcasts, that's true, but it's not just an automatic thing that happens magically. It's, it, you have to think about set expectations and think about what you need in order to achieve those expectations. What about the quality of the podcast? I mean, I, I often turn in and, and I listen to, and this is kind of, a, it sounds like a sexist thing, but very often when I hear women doing podcasts for, as opposed to a man, women get into when they do their podcasting, very often they do a lot of patting each other on the back. If there are two people, uh, they, you know, there's a lot of like, um, Thank you very much is there's, and I, I hear this fairly consistency, which men don't do, uh, you know, just in terms of the quality of the podcasts or how they present themselves. Well, I think, you know, a lot of times when people say, I don't mean to sound sexist, they really are being sexist. I, think I guess, yeah. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. The, the, uh, uh, it's also, you know, I think one thing about podcasting is we need to find an audience. Um, uh, you're, there's, that means you're targeting certain people and not targeting others. And I think, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been involved over the years in a lot of discussions about vocal fry and, and on-air talent and how annoying that is to some people. And the truth is that there are people who are annoyed by it, and those people are probably not the target audience for those podcasts, and that's completely okay. If you hear people who have a point of view that you don't like or you have people who... Um, uh, look at a subject from a very different perspective or see things politically different or from a different age or different part of the country or world, you know, that's completely okay. It just means it's for some people and not for others. And those young women are probably tired of, of not being validated in other spaces. So they create a space where they can be validated together. I get that. I just, it's something that I think if I were, I, I don't know, mentoring a podcaster that I hear so much women, whether they have a lot to say or maybe they don't have too much to say. I'm not really talking about the content, but it's more they spend so much time thought, it's so great to have you on the show. You're so wonderful. I'm so wonderful. This is so wonderful. And it's like, okay, let's get into the show. And I hear that so much more than I do when I'm listening to somebody who is a male podcaster who may not have that much to say necessarily in terms of content. I guess I'm talking about style. That's all. Um, yeah, I think, if you, yeah, I think, well, I think if you talk to podcasters of color or if you talk to podcast, young podcasters, if you talk to women podcasters, they get a lot of people telling them that they're not acting professional um, or that they're not speaking professionally. And what they're doing is they're speaking authentically to the people who they've identified as being who they want to talk to. And it's okay for others to not hear something in there that's valid to them. 
Um, but I don't think that invalidates what they're doing. I, every time I hear someone say, oh, that just doesn't sound professional to me, uh, my response is to who? To who? To you? Are you the, the target for that audience for that podcast? And it's okay for you not to be. And um, I, think there's a, I think there's a lot of choices in the way we, we, we talk about things, the way that we um, uh, express ideas to people that carry a million little codes in the language we use, in the tone we take, in the, the, the style we present it in, that really tells us um, uh, that this is for me or not for me. I was listening to Howard Stern a few years ago, and he was talking to a celebrity who had just started a podcast. And his question was, well, what are, podcasting, where is that going, and how can you make any money doing it? Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, this probably was about six years ago. Well, that's not quite true. Yeah. Uh, but what about well, the financial? He's yeah. the one person in the world who makes $500 million doing what he's doing. Exactly. I'm sure almost any pursuit is, is going <laughs> to seem like it makes no money compared to Howard. True. So uh, let's talk about that podcasting and the ability to, to make some money. Well, um, I think there, well, I make my living in podcasting. So it's obviously, and I'm not even on air talent. And I, I think it's very possible to, to make a living. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who make their living making podcasts. I think what the problem is, is people don't really understand the amount of work it takes to get to the level where you're actually making a full-time vocation out of it. And that's not to say that people are, uh, are, are incapable of doing that. I just don't think that they really think about the amount of work it takes, the amount of investment uh, it takes, not in money, but in time and effort. And either you or the person you work for or, or some business that you work for that's a podcasting business uh, uh, has taken the time and made the investment to build that foundation. And a lot of people will say, okay, I'm going to create a podcast about, you know, Hummel figurines. And I'm like, I love Hummel figurines. And, you know, I made $2,000 doing it last year. Um, why can't I make that my full-time job? Well, there's probably not enough money in the in people interested in supporting Hubble figurine podcasts to make a living off of it. And um, if you're doing it just because you want to make money, that's probably the wrong reason to do it. Um, however, if you're creating something that's designed for a big enough audience and it's good enough, um, it's reasonable that you should start to see some income from it. And if you're fortunate, you can grow and position that so that it becomes a full-time vocation. What about the specifics of developing, because uh, you talk about that in the book, developing a character, a story, a voice. I mean, these are the guidelines that you have in mm -hmm. the book. Let's, let's give, you know, how about a few tips um, as we're talking? How do you develop, how do you begin to develop a character? Let's start with a character. No, well, you know, the character, for example, is character is obviously there are characters and stories, which is pretty obvious for people to understand. There has to be there has to be someone in a podcast that people relate to, root for, or want to hear about and learn more about. Now, that can be a character in a narrative story. You know, hosts are characters. Every host is a character. They, the audience has what they think the host's personality is and the way that they approach things. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, a guest can also be a character. Everyone has a role, even in a talk show. 
right? And they play that role when they're during an episode or a show. And so I think that that really is, um, of, you know, the idea of character. Most people, you know, as I said, immediately go towards the narrative sense. And don't think that um, even in a panel discussion, everyone has a role. And it's important, the, you know, when you mentioned character, uh, story, and voice, those are the three elements I've found in every successful podcast. And that's one of them, is for character, having a clearly defined sense of who these voices are, what role they play, and who the listener is supposed to empathize with. So uh, let's talk about, okay, so that's, now let's get into, because this is what I'm doing with you, how do you conduct an interview? And uh, and I know in your book you have tips from Terry Gross. Uh, how, what yeah. distinguishes Terry Gross's interviews, for instance, from other podcasters? Yeah, I, I, um, I, uh, actually, I think Terry Gross is, is, you know, one of the great interviewers of our time. You know, Howard Stern, who we mentioned earlier, is actually a, a fantastic interviewer. Um, and a lot of people, the, 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 the downside of having somebody who's that focal of a great interviewer is everyone tries to imitate them and try to be like them. And they aren't. <laughs> and the problem is, is when you're trying to imitate somebody else, you don't really create, you know, what, why is, are you doing this interview instead of that other person? Or why would we need two of that? Um, and the an- answer to that is that instead of trying to be, to imitate an interviewer who you respect, just be yourself, right? Be a curious person. If you, um, if you have a sense of curiosity around a subject or a person or trying to understand something, um, just, just follow that curiosity and don't think of what uh, the, the quote unquote interviewer should do. Um, just be curious and let your mind wonder and, and, uh, kind of explore as you are. And there's probably going to be other people who are curious about the same things you are. Uh, and so just being yourself is much more important than playing a role. And um, uh, the, the uh, you know the the role of the interviewer is to just be curious, to ask questions, to be fascinated by it. And if you aren't those things with a subject or a guest, you probably shouldn't be interviewing them. Talking or speaking about curiosity and interest, what sparked your interest or your curiosity when you started out, and in uh, what your interest in in podcasts? creating podcasts? I've always been interested in podcasting because it solves problems for listeners. Um, when programs are on the radio from 3 to 4 p.m. and on a weekday and someone's not around, I catch it when it's on the radio. In the olden days, that was when that was it. You were done. You couldn't listen to that day's show. And podcasting solved that, of being able to listen on demand uh, through an app on your phone. Most people's phones come with a app and their technology installed to listen to a podcast. It's usually one click and you can listen. And that solved a lot of problems. And it was, uh, and that was very exciting to me when I first encountered to it. And since then I've been just been working to try to make that more and more real for more and more people. Now you were at NPR for what, 10 years? So what were you doing? 11 did years, you- yeah. 11 years. So before NPR, where were you? What were you doing? I worked at a number of local radio stations in Ohio, where I'm from. And that's where you started out. You started out in radio right from the beginning or right from college or mm-hmm. how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, literally. I've never done anything else. So where do you think podcasting is going? Is there going to be another? I know I said radio, then podcasting, and you said no. I mean, radio's here, and so is podcasting. But is there something that's coming next? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think that what our definition of radio is and what our definition of podcasting is are changing. Um, and there will be new technologies that come in. But, you know, the interesting thing is all these new technologies come in and like listening to podcasts on a smart speaker. And when things, when audio is played on a smart speaker on demand, listeners call it a podcast, regardless of whether it's a podcast or not. Some, you know, some are archived radio broadcasts, some are various things. And no, if I ask for it, it comes out of a speaker. That's a podcast to me is what listeners say. And I think they're doing a lot of the definition. And I think that there are, you know, uh, many people are pretty adamant that the a podcast is an RSS technology. Um, to, uh, the, the audio file is distributed by RSS technology. And that's becoming less and less important to defining what a podcast is, just the same way that the definition of radio changed. You know, for many years, radio was something that came out of an AM and an FM transmitter, and now your own show included. You know that isn't really in, you know, that that doesn't contain that definition anymore. And uh, people define radio as being a radio-like experience rather than just being a technology. And who's to you know? Who gets to decide what things are? Uh, it's listeners who get to decide. And they are the ones who decide what has value. And I think that as more technology happens, you're going to see more and more people who are interested in getting audio on demand. They'll call it a podcast, even if it's not really a podcast. Okay. Well, a minute left. So we want people to go out and buy your book, Make Noise, A Creator's Guide oh, yeah. to Podcasting and Great Audio Storytelling. That's the title of the book, Eric Newsom. Uh, Eric, a website we can go to more for more information about you and or the book. Well, you go to my website, which is Eric with a C, Newsom, N-U-Z-U-M, dot com, or you can look for the book uh, anywhere books are sold or at your library. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. Yep. Good luck with the book. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. <laughs> 